So a good couple of years back when I was in seminary, I had what uh, someone thought was a kind of a mystical experience. Uh, I had something similar this morning, uh, just during adoration there. So somebody was, came into the back of the adoration chapel, and they saw me in the front of the adoration chapel. I was, I was doing my holy hour, and a, we call them a money spider. Is that what they're traditionally called, ordinarily called? So a spider that just kind of flies along, attached to a web somehow. But the, the spider just kind of flies across in front of you, yeah? So I was there, again, kneeling in the front row, so I wanted to kind of catch the thing so it wouldn't fly into my face, which would be rather distracting. So there I am, the front row of the Adoration Chapel, someone in the back, and all they see me doing is... <laughs> so, so they thought I was having a mystical experience and, you know, God, God was recreating me or, or something. Um, but it was just, just catching a spider. Um, and... I was talking to a lady during the week uh, about a, a difficult situation that she's going through in her parish where there is uh, a, a, another lady on a parish pastoral council who is just absolutely, well, it's actually not true, she's on a finance committee, and absolutely adamant that adoration will not continue in that particular parish after the time that she deems fit. Like, so that there, there was a proposal to have adoration after the morning mass until 9 o'clock at night. And then she said, oh, bless us and save us and guard us and be good to us now. Sure, you go into the adoration chapel there now in the mid-morning. And I, I was terribly afraid. Because like, she's 80, whatever it is, 86 or 7. She was afraid in the adoration chapel. So, I, I mean, if I was the priest, I'd be like, that's, that's, that's awful. What's your proposal then? That no one gets to do adoration because... Because you might be afraid in the Adoration Chapel. Uh, no, that doesn't work for me. Uh, or like, uh, then in, uh, I, remember, I remember hearing of similar situations where, where someone was, you know, again, uh, in the Adoration Chapel, and uh, in, in the winter then, once it would get a bit darker, a bit sooner, they were absolutely, again, just, just afraid in the Adoration Sorry, has anything happened? You know, apart from it being dark out there, has anything has anybody tripped? Has there been any muggings? Has there been any dodgy characters around the place? Has anything bad happened, apart from the fact that the sun set a little earlier? Um, and even, if, it, even if, if there are possibly dodgy characters around, um, if nothing had actually happened, what's the problem? Or why not just let people come to adoration if they want to come to adoration? If you personally are afraid, okay, I get it. Stay at home. But if just because you aren't comfortable, don't want to go, don't stop everyone else. The reason I'm saying this is just the, the, the question of, of sanctity. Often, I think we can misunderstand or misinterpret what sanctity is, you know? We can maybe see those who have these mystical experiences go, oh, Jenny, they're a saint. Uh, or we can have, look at those who maybe go to, even go to Mass on a regular basis and say, Jenny, they're a saint. It's not, that's not the way it works. <laughs> that's not the way it works. Sanctity, there's a couple of points on sanctity. Uh, number one, uh, a saint in the church is someone who has lived heroic virtue. So not just they were a good person, but they lived heroic virtue, and the church believes that they're in heaven. Okay, so they've lived heroic virtue. So heroic virtue isn't necessarily public and visible and something that, that everyone can see. So it's not like you know writing books or giving talks or or being in some way famous as a Catholic apologist, that's the route to sanctity. No, living virtue, just to live virtue. So living patience, uh, to live forgiveness, 
to live prayerfulness and most especially to live exemplary love. This, this is the route to sanctity. And I, just, I, I love the fact that in, in reality then, in, 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 in our church, in any church, the saints, generally speaking, live their sanctity in a hidden way. So we have far more hidden saints than we're aware of. People who, in the background, people who, in the, the, the silence of their own homes, and their own bedrooms, wherever it is, there, there they are praying and, and living sanctity without anybody even seeing it. Hidden saints. Hidden saints. I think so that there are far more hidden saints around the place than, than, than we're aware of. Thank God. But sanctity isn't just, as I say, the, the whatever, ticking external boxes that, that people think or will applaud or, or, uh, or, or approve of. What the Lord is calling us, each, each one of us today, is that kind of hidden sanctity. I heard a story during the week of, um, some people have different, have very interesting perspectives on things, but the story was, uh, went, was the following, that a person was carrying their big mug of coffee and uh, someone backed into them and knocked their elbow and splashed their coffee and the person was absolutely livid and said, I can't believe it. I just got absolutely destroyed coffee all over the place and it was roasting and I got burned. And the person, the observer then said, um, and what was the problem? I got coffee spilled over my, all over myself. And they said, isn't it interesting that when we get knocked, when we get a knock, what spills out is whatever we're full of. What spills out of us is whatever we are full of. So if I get a knock and what spills out is anger, well, maybe actually there's more anger in there than, than I realized. If I get a knock and what spills out is, is calm and prayerfulness, well then maybe that's actually what's inside. If I get a knock and what spills out is revenge, just the desire to take the head off whoever has knocked your elbow, uh, then there definitely are issues of unforgiveness in there. So I think it's, it's often these, these uh, uh, uncomfortable experiences, these, these crosses, if you want to call them that, uh, these situations where, where we're, our limit, our virtue is pushed or tried or tested, that's when we get this hit knock. Then we see what's, what's actually deep, what's actually going on inside. Not to belittle ourselves or feel bad about, but at, at times it's, it's good to have a bit of a reality check. Where actually is my heart? And what needs to change? What needs to grow? What needs to be healed? What needs to be healed? Because in the, the, the situations where, where life is hard and we get a knock, I think what flows out is what we're full of. So, as regards the saints, when they got a knock, they reacted virtuously. St. Paul in Lystra. They stoned him, and dragged him outside the town thinking he was dead. The disciples came crowding around him. Imagine, oh, he's dead, <laughs> right? And you'd see the bruises and the blood and the you know, dust, and, dust and wounds all kind of mixed up together, right? There's Paul lying on the ground. But as the crowd gathers around and looks at him, he stood up and went back into the town. That's, by the way, the, the, the town where they just stoned him. He went, he went back in, <laughs> right after being stoned. Now, he didn't stay very long. The next day, they, they, they left. But the point is, 
Not only did he get a knock, I mean, he was practically, he was left for dead. He, they, they, he was, there was an attempted assassination there, an attempted murder. And what, what spilled out? Well, love, forgiveness, zeal. On they went, continuing to do their mission. That's, that's sanctity. Holiness doesn't necessarily feel like holiness. I don't think he felt shock and holy as the rocks were thumping his forehead. Like, I, I don't think so. Um, but he lived heroic virtue. And this is your call, this is my call. To live heroic virtue. Not, that, not, not in the eyes of what people think is holiness or whatever criteria may be out there. But as we were saying earlier in the week, for an audience of one, to do everything for the greater glory of God, all the hidden stuff. I think sanctity is lived in the, the hiddenness of our own bedrooms and the hiddenness of our own kitchens and the hiddenness of our own office cubicles or wherever it is that we work, the hiddenness. I think that's where sanctity is lived. Not on Sunday mornings, not just in the chapel. So we ask the Lord to help us to, to see and avail of every opportunity that the day affords us. That when we are knocked, when difficulties come our way, that what spills out would be love of our neighbour and love of God. Amen.